start a new series, and you can see it there. Say this with me. Hupakuo. Yeah, isn't that fun to say? Now, I, I'm going to give a prize. I'll give a prize to someone that comes up with a little dance and a rap that goes with hupakuo. Hupakuo. Can't you see that, Diana? Maybe you and I get up here and do that. And so, uh, Kirk, why don't you work on that? A little rap dance for hupakuo. Okay, can you say that? Say it again. Hupakuo. All right, I think you got it. Let me tell you about an elderly gentleman of 85 feared his wife was getting hard of hearing. So one day he called her doctor to make the appointment to have her hearing checked. And the doctor made the appointment for a hearing test in two weeks, but suggested a simple informal test that the husband could do to give the doctor some idea of the state of the problem. And here's what the doctor said. Start out about 40 feet away from her in a normal conversational speaking tone and see if she hears you. If not, go to 30 feet and then 20 feet So until you, uh, and just keep doing it until you get a response. So that evening, the wife is in the kitchen cooking dinner and he's in the living room and he says to himself, well, I'm about 40 feet away, so I'm going to see what happens. And then in a normal voice, he asks, honey, what's for supper? No response. So he moved to the other end of the room. Now he's about 30 feet from his wife, and he says, Honey, what's for supper? Still no response. Next, he moves into the dining room. Now he's only about 20 feet away. And he says again, Honey, what's for supper? There's no response. So he walks right up to the kitchen door. Now he's only 10 feet away from his wife, and he says, Honey, what's for supper? And again, there is no, he cannot believe that there is no response. So he walks right up behind her and says, Honey, what's for supper? Darn it, Earl, I've been telling you, chicken. <laughs> All right, you got that? And that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, sometimes the problem is not with the other person, sometimes it's who? Sometimes it's us. Sometimes it just seems no one listens. Well, you can even be the President of the United States and feel like no one's listening to you. Franklin Roosevelt had to endure the long receiving lines of the White House, and he complained that no one really paid attention uh, to what he said. So one day, during a reception, he decided to try an experiment. And to each person who came down the line, he shook his hand, he shook their hand, and he, mur he, he uh, murmured, I murdered my grandmother this morning. And the guests responded with phrases like, marvelous, you know, keep up the good work. We're proud of you. Uh, God bless you, sir. It was not until the end of the line, while greeting the ambassador from Bolivia, that his words were actually finally heard. Not sure how to respond, the ambassador leaned over and whispered, I'm sure she had it coming. <laughs> so, what do you learn from these two illustrations? Let me just say this. Listening is hard. Listening is hard. You must choose to participate in the process of listening. But you know what's even harder than hearing? It's heeding what we hear. It's heeding what you hear. And so the warning of this, this opening uh, lesson is this, don't be hard of heeding. Don't be hard of heeding. And every parent here knows exactly what I mean. You tell your kid to clean their room and then you come back and they're still sitting in front of the TV or doing whatever else they were doing when you told them the first time. And what do you say to that child? Did you... Hear me. But that's not what you mean by that. What you mean is, you heard me, but you didn't what? Heed me. You see, people aren't so much hard of hearing, they're hard of heeding. So, why a series on how to listen to a sermon? Why a series on how to listen to a sermon? I mean, you might say, this is like having a series on, on how to watch TV, except uh, listening to sermons is easier because on TV, i got to figure out the remote. But that's just the problem. When you're listening to a sermon, you don't have a remote. So that means you, you, you can't channel surf. That means you can't turn it off when you're, when you're tired of it. And yet, the reality is, we do have a remote, don't we? We have an internal remote. And if we're really honest with ourselves, we probably do quite a bit of channel surfing while we're listening to the Word of God being taught. 
kind of shake your head like, oh, yeah, or, or say, ouch, you know. And, 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 and to be honest with you, we really can turn it off, can't we? We can turn off the speaking and the teaching of the Word of God. Now, uh, some of that's the fault of the preacher or the teacher. And as I prepared for this series, I, I, I'm, I'm honest with you, the, the burden and the weight of being the most effective teacher of God's Word uh, that I can possibly be, because I realize that it, 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 in a sense it begins with the one who is speaking. But that's not what this series is about. Someone, uh, after a, a long, dry sermon, the minister announced that he wished to meet with the church board following the close of the service. And the first man to arrive was a stranger. And he said, you misunderstand my announcement. This is a meeting of the board, said the minister. I know, said the man, but if there's anyone here more bored than I am, I'd like to meet him. Okay, so, so we understand that. We, 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 we can relate to that. But I take comfort in this. Because you can't place, and this is what we tend to do in our society because we're passive listeners. So the thing we do is we come and we say, okay, your job is to hold my attention. Your job is to make this interesting. Your job is to make this interesting. If I'm not held wrapped in your attention, if I'm not excited, entertained, and inspired, it's really your problem, except there's only one problem with that. Jesus Christ was the master teacher. He not only taught the Word of God, He was the Word of God, okay? And He not only, I mean, and He practiced what He preached. You know, sometimes we can't hear because we think the speaker's a hypocrite. Well, Jesus didn't have that problem. He practiced what He preached perfectly. And yet, He warned His hearers to be good listeners. Look at the top of your notes, you see that in Mark chapter 4, verses 2 through 3, He taught them many things in parables. And in His teaching said to them, Listen, listen, whoever has ears to hear had better listen. Okay, so if Jesus had to give that kind of warning, that tells me that it's not all starting here. There's a responsibility for all of us when we're listening. He says also in Luke 8:18, 8, which is kind of the theme for this, this lesson, Therefore take heed how you hear, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. The point of that is be careful how you listen. Because if you don't listen in order to heed what you're hearing, what you think you have, you will not have in the end, and it will be taken from you. So I want to give you four reasons why I think this series is important and uh, why we need it. And let's look at it. Four reasons why a series like this is needed. The number one reason is this. a cult- or, or not the number one, the first reason, because it's not the number one. Uh, cultural reasons. Cultural reasons. We live in a technological age with radically short attention spans and stunted learning styles. Now, that's just a fact. We live in a radically uh, technological age that is radically shortening and stunting attention spans and learning styles. Think about it. How, how do we communicate in this digital age? We communicate in sound bites. Sound bites. And, and, and that sounds great, short, pithy statements, but they're totally out of context. I mean, you can say anything in a soundbite, and it can mean anything to anyone who hears it. That's why politicians love it. They can say nothing while communicating to everyone. All right? So you got soundbites. you got video games that are constantly uh, shortening the attention span. We're raising a whole generation to think, oh, everything needs to be exciting, visual, and just short. Boom, 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 boom. Punch buttons. There it goes. Think about YouTube. If I can't see it and sing it, I'm not interested in it. Tweets. If you can't say it in 140 characters, then forget about it. Think about Facebook status. Less than 420 characters, or you have no chance to communicate. And it's our phones. Think about call waiting. What does call waiting and call screening do to our communication? Call waiting. We can interrupt anything that's going on anytime we want. We, we, when, something we, uh, when something we view as more important comes into our, our, uh, our, across our mind, we can 
we can just punch a button, interrupt that, and go over here and come back to that. And after all, everybody will be waiting on me over here when I get back. Try to do that when, right now while I'm teaching. You can't do that. You can't do that when you're listening to the Word of God. Call screening. I mean, this is horrid. We decide when we want to respond, even if we, or if we even do respond. I mean, that's what call screen does. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't want to respond to that right now. Now, I'm not saying any of these things are wrong. I utilize all these. Okay, I utilize these. The thing is, are you thinking about what this does to your attention span and to your ability to listen when the Word of God is spoken? All right? Now, granted... In light of these technological changes, you have to adapt in your speaking. We understand that. But again, that's pushing the responsibility all up here. Okay, are we more visual? Yeah, more visual than ever in our, in our uh, interaction, in our teaching. We do all that. That's adapting. But are you, as a listener, are your children learning to adapt to listen to the Word of God being taught because ultimately you cannot reduce what you and I need to learn from the Word of God to sound bites. And you can't put God, you can, but we shouldn't put God on call waiting. We shouldn't be screening the Holy Spirit speaking to us. But that's exactly how many of us respond to the teaching of the Word of God. They say we came out of the information age and have entered the communication age of social networking. But let me ask you a question. Do you really think better and more real communication is taking place? Do you really think people are more socially connecting around the things that matter most as a result of our technology? I would put forth no. I mean, if if we didn't have restaurants and food, there wouldn't be anything to talk about on Facebook. I've never seen so many pictures of food. Uh, In fact, Jeff and I, we went and ate at Oklahoma Joe's, and and, and some people, three guys came out, and and, and they were eating a feast, man. They had a full thing of ribs, and and it was something to look at. Jeff and I, poor guys, you know, we were just looking, wow, look at that. Wish we were with these guys. But it was so funny. They set their food down, and they all stood around the table, and they got their phones out and began to take pictures of it. I mean, it was just, and they had to position themselves and position the food. You would have thought you were in the back room of a Food Network special, okay? And, 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 and that's fine. If I was in another uh, city eating at a Kansas City barbecue, you know, a famous, I, I'd be doing the same thing. I understand that. But I, it just, it cracked me up that this is what we're really networking around. Sermons are no longer called sermons, they're called talks. And they often involve more raising, raising of questions than giving answers from the Word of God. That, that is very common. You no longer are complimented for being a good preacher. When you're really good, you're called a good communicator. These are all changes. Not necessarily wrong, but they change the way we listen. Listen, in a technological age, we need help on how to listen to God speak through sermons. Second reason why this series will be good for all of us is our practical reasons. Let me give you a practical reason, and it's this. Few of us have ever been taught how to be a good listener, even though much of life is dependent on listening rather than hearing. How many of you were taught as a child, Johnny, here's how to listen well. How many of you were taught? Okay, Jeff. Amen. Praise God. That's why you're such a great disciple. Kirk, you, did you say yeah? Great. Awesome. Well, that's great. Okay, now how many of us here? Quite a few. Okay, two. Okay? And that's the reality. And, and I'll tell you how I know that from experience is in marriage enrichment and, and premarital counseling. This is what we talk about most is communication begins with being a good listener. And most of us don't know how. Now, not only have we not been taught to be good listeners, but we haven't had the opportunity to often catch being a good listener because there's not very many models to mentor us. There's not many masters of good listening that are probably in your life. But I will stop and say this. Think for a minute. Right now, I just want you to stop and think about a person who has had a profound influence in your life. You got that person in your mind? Think of a person who has had a profound impact in your life. You got that person in mind? Now, I want you to think. I mean, don't force it. Just think. Why did that person have that kind of impact in my life? There's going to be several reasons. But I would put forth to you one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, is that they were a good listener. I would venture to say they impacted your life because they sat 
and listen to you and didn't just hear you, but listen to you. Now, how many of you can resonate with that? Is that true? Or was it all speaking? How many? Yeah, yeah. Probably if you were a kid and it was your parent, they sat on your bed or at, 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 at reading time or something and just sat and they listened to you say all your gobbledygook. That meant nothing. It was everything to you. Meant nothing in the real world, but they listened. You know, if you're older, if you were a teenager, they they sat and they listened to you as you struggled and cried and worked your way through life. All I'm saying is this: being a good listener is a means of being a minister to people. Listening is a ministry. And God listens to us in prayer, and He knows exactly what's going on. And when we are a good listener, we're imitating God. But not only that, being a good listener is an act of worship that we can offer up to God when we're listening to the Word of God speak. Right now, you're worshiping, or you're not. And the major way you're worshiping right now is what? To be a good listener, not to me because I'm anything special, but because what I'm teaching and you have to be discerning of that, is from the Word of God. And if it's from the Word of God, then who's speaking? God is speaking. And so it's a worship to listen to Him. Listen to what Dr. Elton Mayo, he's a Harvard professor of human relations. Here's what he said, I thought this was a great quote. One friend, one person who is truly understanding, who takes the trouble to listen to us as we consider our problems, can change our whole outlook on the world. That's just how powerful the, and practical the art of listening is. Now, I thought this was amazing, studying this. Did you know that listening takes more of your waking hours than any other activity? Now, maybe that is sensible to you. To me, that's surprising. Uh, There was a study made, and it's an old one, 1957, a study of people from various occupations. And here's what they found, that in their occupation, 70% of their occupation was spent in communication. Now, listen to the breakdown. Of that 70%, 9% was in writing, 16% in reading, 30% in talking. And 45% was in listening. So the vast majority of communication time is listening. Some of you are agreeing. Now, that's 1957. I would very much like to see a similar study being done today in light of email and the the age of computers. It would just be interesting uh, what, what is going on. But here's the point. A large amount of our day, and certainly, certainly a large amount of our time here at church. When you come to church, a large amount of your time is spent listening. Now, here's the only danger. Are we listening like the peanut characters when adults talk? You ever seen the Peanuts movie, you know, shows? And when the adults talk, what, how do they sound, Jeff? Wah, 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 wah. Exactly, exactly. So let me ask you, uh, and please don't answer <laughs> outside. This is rhetorical. So, like, when you're listening to whether it's Pastor Bruce or myself, teacher, or whoever it is, when you're listening, but, but here's the point that I, and we'll have a whole lesson on this. Here's the point. If the Word of God is being taught, and I think we can all be in agreement that at this church that is not the issue. If the Word of God is being taught, there's only one person speaking, and it's God. And the danger is that all we're doing is hearing wah, 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 wah. So that's the question. Hey, let's, uh, let's look at a practical uh, a video here, and uh, let's cross fingers. I mean, this hardly ever works, but let's see. Have you ever spent like five minutes with him? He's totally self-centered and insensitive. They just don't go together. I mean, she's my best friend. She has these emotional needs he can't meet. Remember what she went through with Brad? She's like awful. And now he's the one acting needy? He's at the 50. He's at the 40. He's going to go all the way. Shots and breaking loose. The rookie's on fire. Wow, this kid's having a huge half. It's just incredible. You're such a great listener. Thanks. <laughs> All right. How many of you can relate to that? <laughs> no, don't nudge your don't nudge your uh, spouse. Uh, just uh, take a look at that. The, the, it all comes down to what we can all hear, but are we really what listening? Listening. Okay. There's your practical. But 
Well, let me say this. Someone said that when it comes to the similarities between listening and hearing, the only one that, uh, the only similarity is that you use your ears for both. But after that, they're totally, totally different. A teenage boy captured the difference between hearing and listening when he said this, my friends listen to what my, what I say, but my parents only hear me talk. It's good stuff. Good, good, good stuff. Okay. So let me say this. And this, 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 this is <laughs> this is an interesting stat. This, these are stats, and I don't doubt that they're not true. Experts say that seventy-five percent of oral communication is ignored, misunderstood, or quickly forgotten. Okay, most of what we hear literally does what goes in one ear and out the other. Now, Dr. Ralph G. Nichols, who developed an innovative classes on listening at the University of Minnesota, writes this. Now, listen, this is relevant because we are called to hear the Word of God. It can be stated with practically no qualifications that people in general do not know how to listen. They have ears that hear very well, but seldom have they acquired the necessary skills which would allow those ears to be used effectively for what is called listening. He has just said almost exactly what Jesus says. You have ears to hear, but you do not hear. Okay. For several years, we have been testing the ability of people to understand and remember what they hear. These extensive tests led to this general conclusion. Immediately after the average person has listened to someone talk, he remembers only about half of what he has heard. No matter how carefully he or she thought they were listening. Okay, so, so you know, I pour my soul out. Week in, week out, Pastor Bruce does the same. And as soon as we're done, 50% of what we have said is laying on the floor. Okay? So then what happens as time passes? He goes on to say this, Our own testing shows that we tend to forget from one half to one third more within eight hours. There's a thought to share with your dad, Kirk, that eight hours, so eight o'clock tonight, eight o'clock tonight, 25, 25% or, or less of what you heard, you will even remember. Now, that may not bother you, but that bothers me, you know. It should bother us. Now, here's the reality. Combine the cultural onslaught of constant noise with the practical need to be taught how to listen rather than just hear, and we really need help on how to listen to a sermon. Would you agree? But it gets, it gets worse, and it gets better at the same time with reason number three. It gets worse and it gets better at the same time. I mean, physically, this, this, uh, this uh, researcher has said, physically listening and physically trying to listen well, eight hours after you listen, 25% or less is, is all that you'll remember. Well, let's look at the spiritual reasons why uh, we need a series on how to listen to a sermon. We are all born spiritually deaf. We're born spiritually deaf. We are both hard of hearing and we are hard of heeding. Now, unless we are miraculously born from above, we are spiritually deaf. I want you to understand that. That we are born into this world blind, deaf, we, we, we are dead. We cannot, I mean, the Word of God can be read to us. We could listen to it on tape. We could do everything in our power, and, and, and it's all going to go in one ear out the other because we are spiritually deaf until God, in His grace, gives us the spiritual skill and ability to hear His Word. The reasons why we need to learn how to listen to a sermon aren't just cultural. They're not just practical. They are profoundly spiritual. I want you to think of this series as a guidebook on how to develop the spiritual skill of listening to God speak through sermons. And you're going to learn seven strategies in the weeks to come that's going to help you develop the spiritual skill of not just being a hearer of the Word, but a doer. 
And here's what I want you to get. That the only kind of hearing that the Bible says God will bless is the kind that results in doing. Look at that in your notes. The only kind of hearing, the only kind that the Bible says will be blessed is the kind that results in doing. I want you to turn your Bibles to James. James chapter 1, 21 through 25. How can you start a series like this and not reference James 1, 21 through 25? And we're not going to break the, 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 the passage down. I just want to pull out two broad principles. And I'll tell you, the thing's rich. It's rich, it's packed. But this first principle that we see, that the only kind of hearing that God blesses results in doing, I want to pull out of this passage. Let's read it, and then we'll pull out two principles. Number one, or verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Here is God agreeing with the researchers. But now we're in a, we're in a catch-22. Do you see the problem? <laughs> Research says that we do immediately forget what we hear. God says if you do immediately forget what you hear, you're not blessed. You're spiritually deceived and you're cursed. Ouch! We got a problem. Let's check it out. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But, verse 25, he who looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and, and then for emphasis, is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, there's a couple things. This just comes to me right now. The bottom line is, let's say eight hours from now, you do forget uh, all but, you know, 75%. You're going to forget 75%, but research says you remember 25%. One practical lesson out of this is what? What should we be doing with that 25%? Obeying it. Applying it. And you will be blessed. So, you know, I don't think God's standard in this passage and, and my goal for this series is not that you're going to remember everything that you hear. But the question is, the part that we do remember, are we doing it? Are we doing it? Now, let me give two principles, just broad principles out of this. First of all is this. Listening to God speak through His written or spoken word is a spiritual skill. Is a spiritual skill. Now, let me say this. When he talks about hearers, the reason he's talking about hearers, James was one of the first New Testament books to be written. They did not have their handy-dandy MacArthur, Ryrie, uh, women in need, men who want to be males, uh, duotone, pink, mauve, uh, leather, calfskin Bibles of which to carry around. You didn't have that. We've got, we are so blessed. Okay, and so what they did was you only had the letters that the apostles were writing, and so they would come, and, and, and most of you would not be literate enough to read it, even if you had it, and so it was read to you. So when he's saying hearers of the word, it's preaching, it's simply reading these letters. And, you know, we think reading in big chunks. Aren't we special? 90-day Bible, reading the Bible in big chunks. Do you realize that they would come to church, and, and, and the letter from Romans would be read? All 12 chapters in church, you know, the letter, I mean, the letter of whatever, you know, the, 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 the gospel of Luke would be read and, and these things would be taught as entire books. So all I'm saying is whether you're reading the word of God, as many of you are doing through the 90 day Bible, whether you're hearing it preached, the point's the same, whether you're hearing or reading, it's a spiritual skill to listen to God speak. You see, according to verse 21, look at verse 21. 
According to this verse, it requires more than just showing up, taking notes, and then complimenting the pastor on the way out of the door to listen to God's word. See, we think we have done God a favor to show up. First of all, you know, I'm doing good to show up. Second of all, I'm going to go over the top and take notes. You know, third, I'm going to walk out with a smile on my face and say, that was good. And we think, wow, we, we are blessed of God. And, God. and that's not what you see in verse 21. It's a spiritual skill that takes effort. Look at verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. I see at least three things, and I'll just throw these out to you. One is a repentant heart. I've got to come with a repentant heart. I need to turn from my sin before I get here. We have the invitation after the message. James and Peter says the same thing. Have the invitation before the message. Repent. Clean your cup before you come so I can fill it up. A repentant heart. Then a receptive heart. He says, receive it with meekness. There's a certain attitude that we need to come with. It's a spiritual skill. And then finally, a requesting heart. It's the implanted word. Who plants the seed of God's word in your heart? I don't. God does. And so I need to say, God, here I am, a clean cup. I have a receptive heart. Fill me up. And Lord, I beg you to do it because if you don't put it in there, it ain't going to get in. It ain't going to get in. That's bad grammar, but good theology. Here's the second principle. Thinking that hearing a sermon is the same as applying a sermon is spiritual deception. Thinking that hearing a sermon is the same as applying a sermon is spiritual deception. We see this in verses 22 through 25. Notice what it says, verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You see, God is not impressed and God will not bless those who confuse hearing the word with doing it. Who's actually blessed after a, listening to a sermon? Well, the rest of the verses tells us, first of all, the ones that don't immediately forget about it, the ones that continue in it long after it's been preached, and third, and most important, the one that actually obeys it. That's the one that gets blessed. So, those are some principles from James. But I want to share with you a second point under this spiritual reason. And this comes from James' half-brother, who was Jesus. And James figured this teaching out from Jesus, his half-brother. And here's the principle. The only kind of hearing Jesus says will be blessed is the kind that only God can give. I want you to get that. The only kind of hearing that Jesus says will be blessed is the kind that only God can give. So we got this, we, we, we recognize the problem. I want to listen to the Word of God, except I'm going to forget the vast majority of it. And spiritually, I am not prone to obey it in the first place. And we're all Pharisees at heart, and so we'll substitute hearing it and knowing it for actually doing it. And God says, the only kind of way to overcome that is I've got to give you. i got to give you what Solomon prayed for, a listening heart. That's what Solomon prayed. God said, I'll give you anything in the world. I'll give you anything in the world. I mean, he, the, the one place where God fills the role of a genie was with Solomon. And he said, I'll give you anything. And here's what he said. God, here's what I want. I want a listening heart because I need wisdom to live life the way you want me to live it. Now, uh, two passages. Mark chapter 4 is the parable of the sower and the soils, right? Four kinds of soils. Most important parable. Mark 13 is the same parable. Luke 8 is the same parable. This parable is, is listed in all three Gospels. And when Jesus lists this parable of the sower and the soils, he goes out to sow, the seed is the word of God, Jesus is the sower, okay, and Jesus' uh, uh, messengers are the sower. The soil are the four kinds of hearts, the, and, and we could even list it as the four kinds of hearers. 
the hard heart, the stony heart, where the, the seed hits it and bounces off and Satan snatches it. You've got the shallow heart that, uh, that, that ha- doesn't have any root system and it hears it and says, man, that was great. Now, this is where we, this is where we start. Man, that was good. Wasn't that good? Man, that was good. That was good. And then, you know, Monday, it's like, you know, I mean, we've totally forgotten it. And then you got the thorny soil that holds on to it. It grows, but pretty soon, life's busyness and life's materialism and life's uh, agenda and the world's agenda begins to choke that out. And we say, man, I'm just too busy to really obey and listen to God. That's where more and more people are finding themselves. And then you have the good soil. All right? Now, here's what G- what I want to do is not <coughs> is not teach this teach the parable as what Jesus says before and after the parable. And so here's what he says. He says, "Be careful how you hear." That was the point of the parable. Be careful how you hear. Listening to God's Word is more than just hearing. It's a spiritual skill that is a gift from God given only to a repentant heart. And that's what you want to write down. A repentant heart. See, not not everyone understood on that day in Mark uh, chapter 4. And I, I uh, I want to say this. He says... He says uh, in Mark chapter 4, he says, look at verse, well, first of all, look at verse 3. Uh, verse 3, the first thing, first word out of his mouth about this parable is one word, it's a command, and what is it? Listen, okay? Then the last thing he says, verse 9, after telling them the four ways to hear, the four kinds of listeners, he says this, and he said to them, he who has ears to hear, You had better listen. You had better hear this. But look at verse 10. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve, the followers of Christ, the ones that should have heard it and understood it, asked him about the parable. And here's what he says in verses 11 through 13. And he said to them, To you it has been what? It's been given. It's been given to you, but not to everyone. It's been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside. Remember, they're inside a house. They have followed Jesus. They have placed their faith in Jesus. They have repented of their sins and said, yes, you are who you are, and I'm not who I need to be, and I need to trust you. They're on the inside. The rest... They're not following Jesus. They're on the outside. And he says, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables so that, and notice, seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand lest they should turn, repent, and their sins be forgiven. Do you understand that God does not give the gift, the spiritual gift of hearing, to everybody. And those he chooses to give it to are the repentant of heart. Those that lay aside wickedness. Those who admit their sin and their need and say, Lord, I can't just walk into the New Life class, sit down, open my Bible, take notes, and hear you. I can't do this. I must have you to help me. And to the rest, they hear and they do not understand and they do not turn and then he says in verse 13 and he said to them do you not understand this parable how then will you understand all the parables here this is why this parable is the most important parable that jesus ever taught because his point was i'm teaching you how to listen to god's word if you don't get this one nothing else matters matters. i I can teach you all i can be the the master teacher but if you don't get this one if you don't know how to listen god's word and receive the gift of a listening heart it's not going to work well there's more that we can say except i will read this verse john 10 27 my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me. You see, sheep hear God speak 
through sermons. And goats or sheep of another owner don't get it. And you see, it doesn't depend on how entertaining the speaker is. It doesn't depend on how many degrees they have behind their name. It doesn't depend on how educated they are. It doesn't depend on how fancy and slick or how many videos and PowerPoints they use. It depends on one thing. Is Jesus and the Word of God being spoke? If it is, the sheep hear and they follow. They follow Him. Let me give you the last point under uh, under uh, the spiritual aspect. Jesus is teaching in this parable and in this passage, don't be hard of heeding. Listening to God's Word is more than hearing. It's a spiritual skill that results in fruitful living. It is a spiritual skill that results in fruitful living. And so he's saying the same thing James does. The only hearing that is blessed of God is hearing that results in living. But to hear in that way is a gift from God that He gives to the repentant of heart. Now, you have in your notes Luke 8.15. It's out of the three gospel accounts, this explains best how we're going to learn to listen in the weeks to come. Notice what it says. Jesus says, As for that in the good soil... They are those who, hearing the word, see, that's the most, you got to show up, but showing up is just the start. Hearing the word, hold fast in a honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. You see, it's all about persevering. There's all sorts of people that show up and hear the word of God for a month, for a year, some for a decade, and then they fall off the map spiritually. And we say, oh, that's all right. They're born again. You better check out the parable of the sower. Because what Jesus says, those who are born again have a listening heart and they hold fast to it in a true heart and they continue in it and bear fruit with perseverance and endurance through the hard times and the good times and the hard times and the good times. You, some of us are great hearers on the mountaintops. We're lousy in the valleys. We can all re- I can relate to that. I understand that. But, but you know what? I told you two weeks ago, God spoke and I heard His voice in the valley because I'm one of His sheep. Not because of who I am. Because I'm His. And He chose me. And He gave me that gift. Because if He hadn't given me the gift of hearing His Word speak, I'd still be seeking for that which I do not know. Because for 17 years I sought that which I did not know. And in God's good grace, He saw a repentant heart and gave me the faith to have that repentant heart and gave me the ability to hear His Word for which we should be grateful. Let me give you one final reason. One final reason. And this is the biblical reason. The rest were biblical, but they're spiritual in nature. This is biblical. One of the main biblical words for hearing actually means heeding. Okay, this is the beauty. This word that is, it means heeding, or you could put obeying. I don't care what you put there, but hearing and heeding. I love that. Are you hard of heeding? Okay, I like it. Think about it. Maybe that'll be the 25% you'll remember eight hours from now. That's what I'm hoping anyway. Okay? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This word is translated obey in all your English translations, and rightly so. But the word literally means listen. And there's the whole basis of this series. That when when God's people hear, they do what? They obey. And so the listening... So here's the word. The word is hupokuo. So when you come and you hear the Word of God, you need to hupokuo. And, 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 and no pressure, Kirk, but he's going to have a rap and a dance, and we're going to hupokuo because that's what we ought to be doing, okay? No pressure, no pressure, but next week, let's hear it, let's hear it. Okay, the Word, this Word in the Hebrew equivalent is Shema, the Shema. Hear, O Israel. And what he's meaning is, obey, O Israel, because what follows are the Ten Commandments. 
Do you see? He's not saying, hear these, and what follows are the ten suggestions, and you decide which ones you like, and which ones you're going to remember, and then kind of piecemeal it all together. He's saying, hear, O Israel, and obey all that you're about to hear. Now, what the word basically means is to hear or listen, but the meaning in most contexts is to willingly place oneself under what another says. And in the Greek, it comes out to this, hupo. The first, the, 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 the first part of the word is hupo, which means to come under. To come under. Akuo means listen. And so when you put hupo kuo together, it means to listen and then willingly place yourself under what you hear in order to obey it. And so it's just translated obey. All right? Hupo kuo. Therefore, it's used, now all these, this word, hupokuo, uh, except for the first one, which is the, the word shema, the Hebrew word shema, are all uses of the word hupokuo. Israel, hearing, obeying the one true God as he speaks through Moses. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Number two, children, hearing and obeying parents in the Lord. Children, and we can all quote it, children... Okay, now let's say, let's be Greek scholars. Children, hupokuo, your parents in the Lord. Hear and heed, place yourself under what they say. Servants, hupokuo, your masters in the Lord. Four, wives, hupokuo, your husbands in the Lord. Five, uh, or five, demons, Hearing and obeying Jesus, they obeyed. They heard and they obeyed. Creation, hearing and obeying Jesus. Believers, hearing and obeying the faith, the doctrine that saves, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All those verses following that are all referring to believers doing those things. But look at number eight. Believers hearing and obeying the Bible when it's preached and read. Hupokuo. And then finally, it's used of Abraham's experience in Genesis 12 as recorded in Hebrews 11.8. Believers hearing and obeying whenever he speaks to their hearts. Here's the word that captures everything. God gives us the gift of hupokuo. Placing myself under what I hear in order to heed. Now, I like to refer to hupokuo as the rhoda response. Not Rhoda, Rhoda Morgenstern, but Rhoda the doorkeeper. That's some, showing your age there, Kim. Rhoda response in Acts 12.13. Acts 12.13. Notice what it says. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant girl named Rhoda, and lit in the Greek, hupokuoed. Because that's what doorkeepers do. They hupokuo. See, everybody was gathered. The church was gathered. They were praying. No one was listening for the door except the doorkeeper because that's what doorkeepers do. They hupokuo. They have their ear cocked. They're listening to the preaching, but they're a doorkeeper, so they need to be listening for the door. And when they hear, they what? What's a, doorkeeper? What's a good doorkeeper do? I'll get that later. Call waiting. Channel serve. I don't like that knock. They didn't knock. Like that. They just knocked like that. I don't like that. That knock was a little too hard. Are they trying to knock the door down? They should be softer. And that knock was not funny. That was just not funny. It didn't tickle me. It didn't entertain me. I'm not answering the door. What would you do with such a doorkeeper? You would fire her. You're fired. You would trump her. Okay, and so the Rhoda response, what hupokuo is, and you have it in your notes, be quick to hear and quick to respond from the heart. And right there by the heart, write Ephesians 6, 5 and Colossians 3, 22, because where servants are involved with hupokuo, it says with sincerity of heart. So here's the Rhoda response. Quick to hear. So, so we come in and we hear the Word of God and we hear like this. Our souls are like this. And then we're quick to obey and we do it with the right heart attitude. Now, it's the biblical response. Now, I, I, just it, say amen after each one of these statements. It's the biblical response that every parent wants from their children. Amen. And, and say it, Next time, say it like you mean it. Every married person wants from their spouse. Amen. 
Every boss wants for their employees. Now, it's the response our Heavenly Father, our loving Bridegroom, and our Sovereign Master wants from His children, His bride, and His servants. Can you say? Amen. Amen. Our Lord wants from every disciple who listens to the Word being preached. Why a series on listening to sermons? So we will listen to God speak through sermons with a ready, with a heart ready to hear and a will ready to obey. Are you ready to learn to hupokuo? Are you ready to hupokuo? Are you? What was the Colossians? Colossians 3.22. All right, so here's what I want you to do eight hours from day. So at 8 o'clock tonight, after group, after you get home from group, uh, first of all, I want you to ask yourself a question. What, 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 what's the 25% that I remember? And email me. Email me the 25 Email me what you remember. Okay, eight hours. So tonight, I want to hear, I want to email from all of you. Uh, uh, get, email me, and I think the email's in the, in, the, in the bulletin. So email me what you remember. But here's I want you to look. Which of these reasons most resonate with you? I want you to take a look at this. And I want you to ask yourself, can I, does the cultural reasons resonate with me? Does the practical reasons, is that, am I connecting with that? The biblical, the scriptural? I, I'm asking one thing from this. That you're ready to learn in the weeks to come. Had a hoop Let's pray. Father, thank you for graciously giving us the gift of a listening ear and a listening heart. If you did not intervene in our lives, we would be like those we read about today that when they heard Jesus speak, they didn't understand. They didn't get it. They heard, but they didn't understand. They didn't really hear. And Lord, by your grace, you have chosen us in Christ by faith. Through the spoken word, you have given us a repentant heart. And now we have received the ability to hear your voice and follow you. We rejoice in that. And if there's anyone here that needs to place their faith in you, they can. Just humble themselves and trust in who you are and what you have done for us. But Lord, we need to learn how to hupokuo. We have responsibilities in that. And so I pray in the weeks to come that we would... Be diligent and be doers of what we hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.